1: Young Daniel Bennett's disappearance shatters the tranquility of his family's life. His laughter once filled their cozy home, but when he vanishes near the mysterious forest, questions arise. Did he wander off, or was he lured into something darker, something lurking within the shadows? As his parents search desperately for answers, they uncover a web of eerie occurrences, an ominous tree, and a changed child. Who seems not entirely himself? What secrets does the forest hold? And what sinister force has taken hold of their beloved Daniel? Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. This week we're discussing the changeling. A mysterious creature that wants to take the place of your children. This show is part of the EerieCast podcast network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com, such as Destination Terror. You can listen to a new episode every week, as I take you to horrifying destinations, both real and mythical. Be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes, too. The more we get, the more we grow, and hopefully the more monsters we can explore. You can now find Freaky Folklore videos on YouTube as well. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion@gmail.com. at gmail.com, that is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. Six-year-old Daniel Bennett was the heart and soul of the Bennett family, a bright-eyed, curly-haired boy who brought joy to everyone he encountered. He lived with his parents, Mary and Thomas, in a cozy little house on the edge of their town, Bundren, in Ireland. They cherished their son and reveled in the laughter that filled their home. Mary listened to Daniel's laughter as he played in the front yard with his new puppy while she tended to her garden. The tinkling sound of his apparent joy brought a smile to her face. She could see Thomas watching him from the living room window with his arms crossed, smiling as well. Then he looked down at her, and they shared a warm moment, before he turned to go sit in his favorite chair suddenly mary noticed that bugs had begun to feast on her flowers and she got lost in her work daniel had been trying to teach sam his four-month-old schnauzer to play fetch he laughed because every time he threw the stick sam would grab it and run off causing daniel to chase him around the yard giggling no sam that isn't fetch that's keep away he pretended to scold the small dog Daniel pulled on the stick, and Sam pulled back, causing Daniel to take a pretend fall to the ground, followed by Sam dropping the stick and jumping on top of him. He proceeded to lick Daniel's face until something else caught his attention. Sam stood completely still, ears perked, listening to the very subtle sound that, at first, only a keen dog's sense of hearing could pick up. It was a whispering, and after a few moments, Daniel began to hear it too. Daniel stood, searching for the source of the sound, and Sam's ears laid back as he began to growl. I hear it too, Sammy boy. What do you think it is? Should we go give it a look-see? Daniel was drawn by the sound that had turned from a whisper to a soft melody. He didn't wait to see if Sam followed. Instead, he headed out of the yard and in the direction of the forest from which the sound was coming. Normally he would be scared to go to the woods alone, but the melody was oddly calming. He couldn't hear the sound of Sam's frantic barks, begging him not to go. All he could hear was the soft music dancing in his ears. Such pretty, pretty music. It felt like magic, Daniel thought. He didn't know how right he was. As he followed the music, he saw dozens of tiny little glowing lights peeking between the trees and through the tall grass. The lights were dancing in time to the music. As he grew closer and the forest closed in around him, the little lights began to surround him, and he realized that they were eyes, dozens of little eyes glowing in the dark of the forest. Transfixed by the music and the brightly glowing eyes, Daniel was caught off guard when something grabbed him by the ankles. It pulled him to the ground and knocked some sense back into him, enough sense that he began to scream. But his screams were short-lived, as his little body was dragged quickly into the dense forest, where it vanished right as the melody stopped. Mary jerked her head up from the bush she had been pruning. She thought she heard something, but she wasn't sure what it was. That silly dog hadn't stopped barking for a while. It might be time to run him and Daniel back into the house for a bit, just to get some peace and quiet. She stood and walked around the side of the house, where she found Sam standing at the edge of the yard, still barking and hopping around. The little guy was beside himself agitating, and Daniel was nowhere to be seen. Mary immediately sensed that something was wrong. Her heart lurched in fear as she began to yell for Daniel. She ran around the house looking for him, and then she ran inside. Have you seen Daniel? she asked Thomas frantically. He was in the yard playing with Sam just a minute ago, he quickly replied, seeing the fearful look on her face. I'm sure he hasn't gone far. He tried to reassure her and himself. They ran through the house, searching every corner of every room. But they didn't find him. Finally, Sarah recalled that Sam had been barking in the direction of the woods earlier. Maybe he wandered out into the woods. But why? He's always been too scared to go out there alone. And why didn't Sam follow him? Thomas didn't speak. He just turned and headed out the door with Mary right on his heels. This time, Sam followed them. Mary understood why Daniel was scared of the forest. The canopy of trees was so thick it blocked most of the sunlight. When they first moved here a few months back, she had come out here with Daniel to explore and found that it was an eerie place lacking the normal sounds of wildlife. It had unnerved Daniel as well because he begged her to go back to the house. None of that had changed. It was still eerily dark and quiet. Daniel! Thomas was yelling. Daniel! Mary mimicked his call for their son. They searched for nearly half an hour until they reached the other side of the forest that opened up into a field with a very large tree in the center. It looked somehow menacing with its gnarled trunk and twisted branches covered in dark leaves that appeared to be wilted. A cool breeze swept through the field, causing the branches to sway and groan. A chill ran down Mary's spine as a horrible feeling came over her. "'Do you have your cell phone?' she asked her husband. "'We need to call for help. "'This forest is too big for us to cover without help, and Daniel could be hurt.' Thomas dug into his pocket and pulled out his phone. He dialed 911 as Mary walked around the large tree, looking at its gnarled trunk. Sam ran past her and around to the other side, where he stopped and began growling. Mary followed and saw that Sam had found a hole in the trunk of the tree, just big enough to crawl into. Her heart raced as she realized Daniel could be stuck in there. "'Thomas, come here quick!' She called to her husband, who was still on the phone. Thomas joined her and Sam and squatted down, the phone still to his ear. I need a light, Mary said. Thomas nodded as he gave their address to the 911 operator. He dug around in his pocket. He pulled out a Zippo lighter and handed it to Mary. Be careful, he whispered before standing to resume the call. Mary flipped open the lighter with her thumb and pushed down on the flint. After several sparks, a small flame suddenly appeared. Mary held the light into the darkness of the tree's belly and began to crawl inside. It was damp, with a strong earthy smell, and appeared much larger than it had seemed from the outside. Mary crawled farther in until she was completely inside the tree. Shining the light around, she was amazed at the size of the cavity. It was almost like a small room. That's when she saw him. Her heart nearly stopped. He was lying on the ground, unconscious, with a small gash on his forehead. Mary crawled over to him, tears streaming down her face as she cradled him in her arms. Thomas, hurry! She yelled, her voice shaky with emotion. Thomas rushed over to the opening of the tree, his phone in hand as he saw Mary cradling Daniel's limp body. "'Wait, we found him,' he immediately told the 911 operator. "'Is he breathing?' Thomas asked, his voice filled with concern. Mary put her ear to Daniel's chest, listening for any sign of life. She let out a sigh of relief as she felt a faint heartbeat. "'Yes, he's breathing.' Thomas let out a sigh of relief as the operator assured him that help was on the way. In the meantime, Mary tried to wake Daniel up, gently tapping his face and calling his name. Sam sat beside her, whining softly and nudging Daniel with his nose. Finally, Daniel began to move. "'Mommy?' he said, his voice weak and confused. Mary hugged him tightly and cried tears of joy. Yes, baby, I'm here. You're safe now. What happened? Daniel asked, his memory still fuzzy. We don't know, sweetie, but we're going to find out, Thomas reassured him, gently rubbing his back. The sound of sirens in the distance signaled that help had arrived. The rescue team quickly made their way over to the tree, assessing Daniel's condition and helping them out of the cavity. Mary and Thomas followed closely behind, grateful to have their son back in their arms. The EMTs cleared Daniel. He was completely unharmed, but very tired. As they made their way back to the house, Mary couldn't help but feel that something sinister had been lurking in that forest. She hadn't said anything to Thomas yet, but she felt like they weren't alone inside that tree. It had felt like something was hiding and watching somewhere in the dark. She wanted to put Daniel to bed, but he needed to eat something first. "'Are you hungry?' she asked as she pushed a dark curl behind his ear. Daniel didn't speak, he just nodded his head eagerly, perking up at the mention of food. Mary smiled, took his hand, and led him to the kitchen. "'How about some chicken soup?' she suggested, knowing it was his favorite. As Mary stirred the soup, She couldn't shake the feeling of unease that had settled in her stomach. She kept replaying the events of the day in her mind, trying to make sense of what had happened. She couldn't explain how Daniel had ended up inside that tree or why he had gone there in the first place. It just didn't make sense. Thomas must have noticed the worry etched on her face because he came up behind her and wrapped his arms around her waist. He's safe now. That's all that matters, he said gently, kissing her neck. Mary leaned into him, grateful for his comfort. She knew he was right, but she couldn't help feeling like there was more to the story. Something just wasn't adding up. As they sat down to eat, Daniel slurped up his soup, still looking a bit dazed. When he was done, he handed the bowl to Mary and said, More please. Mary and Thomas exchanged worried glances. It wasn't like Daniel eating so fast or so much. After dinner, Mary tucked Daniel into bed and sat beside him, brushing his hair off his forehead. As he drifted off to sleep, she couldn't help but feel like there was something off about him. He seemed different somehow, like he wasn't entirely himself. Sam was sitting at the door, He usually slept with Daniel, but tonight he was keeping his distance, watching warily, as if he knew something they did not. Later that night, as Mary slept, she dreamed that Daniel went back to the forest, and she followed him. He walked until he reached the eerie large tree, and then he knelt down to peer inside. Suddenly, two clawed hands with twisted fingers reached out and pulled daniel inside mary woke with a start her heart racing and nearly screamed when she saw daniel standing over her staring down at her his eyes dark and cold
0: this episode is sponsored by june's journey what is horror to you monsters murder mystery Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more light-hearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android.
1: The concept of the changeling, a mysterious and eerie figure in folklore, has captivated the human imagination for centuries rooted in the rich tapestry of mythologies and tales from diverse cultures around the world. Changelings have taken on various forms and meanings throughout history. This episode delves into the history and origins of changelings and folklore, tracing their evolution from ancient beliefs to modern interpretations. The story of changelings is not just a glimpse into our shared past, but also a reflection of the human desire to explain the inexplicable and the enduring fascination with the supernatural. The history of changelings can be traced back to the early myths and mythologies of ancient civilizations. Although not always referred to as changelings, the concept of beings exchanged or substituted by supernatural forces is a recurring theme in these narratives. In ancient Greece, changelings find their roots in the myths surrounding Hermes, the messenger of the gods. According to legend, Hermes once exchanged a divine golden staff for the mortal child, Arcas, the son of Zeus and Callisto. This act transferred divine lineage to a human child, blurring the boundary between the immortal and the mortal realms. The Greek myth of Hermes reflects the belief in beings from higher planes, descending to live among humans, merging the divine and earthly worlds. In Norse mythology, changeling beliefs are associated with the Holder folk, or hidden people. These supernatural beings were believed to dwell in remote forests and mountains of Scandinavia. It was said that they would occasionally abduct human infants and replace them with one of their own kind, who were often described as beautiful and enchanting. The Norse belief in Holder folk underlines the idea of parallel realms existing alongside our own, occasionally intersecting. The term changeling itself finds its origin in Celtic folklore. Fairies, often referred to as she, were believed to be responsible for the phenomenon. Fairies would exchange their own offspring for human babies, typically leaving behind frail and ailing changelings. This is when the term changeling was coined, describing a child who had been changed by supernatural beings. The Celtic belief in fairies and changelings reflects their reverence for nature and the spirits inhabiting it, as well as the cautionary tale of protecting one's children from malevolent forces. The concept of changelings became deeply entrenched in European folklore during the Middle Ages, an era characterized by superstitions and an intense fear of the supernatural. In medieval Europe, changelings were often associated with witches and malevolent spirits, it was widely believed that witches would steal human infants, and replace them with changelings. These changelings were typically portrayed as impostors, who brought ailments and deformities to deceive their human families. To detect changelings, various tests and rituals were devised, such as exposing the suspected changeling to fire, or placing it in a cradle made from the branches of a sacred tree. This connection between changelings and witches reveals the widespread fear of supernatural entities during this period. The idea of the changeling had a profound impact on the way ill or disfigured children were treated in European society during the Middle Ages and beyond. Belief in changelings, often associated with malevolent supernatural forces, led to stigmatization, fear, and mistreatment of children who were born with illnesses, disabilities, or deformities. Children who were born with visible illnesses or deformities were often viewed with suspicion by their families and communities. The belief that these children might be changelings in disguise fueled paranoia and fear. Parents driven by the belief that their real child had been abducted by fairies or malevolent spirits sometimes isolated or even abandoned their ill or disfigured offspring. To determine if a child was indeed a changeling, various tests and remedies were employed often causing significant harm and suffering to the child. Some of these tests included exposing the child to fire or hot water. Changeling suspects were subjected to extreme heat in the belief that the supernatural being within them would reveal itself. This cruel practice resulted in severe burns and trauma. Physical abuse and neglect. Suspicion of a child being a changeling sometimes led to physical abuse or neglect. These vulnerable children were denied proper care and affection, which further exacerbated their health issues. Confinement or Imprisonment In extreme cases, ill or disfigured children were confined to dark and damp spaces, believed to be suitable for revealing a changeling's true form. This confinement often aggravated their physical and psychological suffering. Christianity played a significant role in shaping changeling beliefs during medieval times. Changelings were often interpreted as a divine punishment from God, a consequence of moral transgressions or sins. The belief emerged that God allowed demons or malevolent beings to steal human infants as a form of divine judgment. In this context, changelings served as a moral lesson, emphasizing the consequences of deviating from Christian values. To safeguard their infants from being taken by fairies or witches and replaced with changelings, medieval Europeans developed various rituals and superstitions. These practices included placing iron objects near infants, such as iron scissors or knives, as it was believed that iron could repel supernatural entities. Salt was also employed as a protective measure, as it was considered a purifying substance, Parents also used blessed holy crucifixes or water. Supposedly changelings were so terrified of these things that they would run away. These rituals highlighted the pervasive fear and superstition surrounding changeling lore during this era. As society has evolved, interpretations of the changeling phenomenon have also shifted. While traditional beliefs still persist in some areas, contemporary interpretations often focus on themes of identity acceptance, and the blurred line between reality and fantasy. In literature, changelings have been revisited and reimagined over the centuries. Authors such as William Butler Yeats and J.R.R. Tolkien incorporated changeling motives in their works. Exploring the themes, complexities, and symbolism, contemporary authors continue to use changelings as metaphors for personal transformation and self-discovery. Changelings have found a place in popular culture, particularly in the realm of fantasy and science fiction. In modern fantasy literature and films, changelings often represent characters grappling with issues of identity, belonging, and the duality of human and supernatural nature. This shift reflects contemporary society's focus on individualism and self-exploration. Psychologists have also explored the changeling phenomenon as a metaphor for psychological and identity issues. Some argue that changelings can symbolize the feeling of being different or alienated in society, a concept that resonates with individuals experiencing challenges related to their identity or belonging. The history and origins of changelings in European folklore offer a captivating glimpse into the enduring power of human imagination and the ever-evolving nature of cultural beliefs. From ancient Greece to medieval Europe, From the Celts to contemporary literature and popular culture, changelings have continued to fascinate and mystify us. They serve as a reminder of our deep-seated fascination with the supernatural and our perpetual quest to understand the enigmatic forces that shape our world. Mary sat up quickly, her heart racing, and tried to shake off the fear that had gripped her from her dream. Daniel! Honey, what's wrong? She asked, trying to keep her voice calm. He didn't answer, just stared at her with those dark, cold eyes. Mary felt a chill run down her spine. She reached out to touch him, but he pulled away and walked out of the room. Mary sat there in the dark, alone with her thoughts. She couldn't shake the feeling that something was very wrong. She got up and walked to Daniel's room, but he wasn't there. Panic set in as she began to search the house. Finally, she found him outside, sitting on his swing in the dark, humming an unfamiliar tune. Mary approached slowly, trying not to startle him. Daniel, honey, are you okay? She asked gently. Daniel turned to her, his eyes still dark and cold. I'm fine, mommy he said in a monotone voice that sent shivers down Mary's spine. Mary felt her heart pounding in her chest. This wasn't like Daniel at all. She sat down beside him on the swing and put a reassuring arm around his shoulders. You're scaring me, Daniel. Is something wrong? Daniel didn't answer for a moment, just stared straight ahead. Then he turned to her and said, No, Mommy, I just couldn't sleep. I'm so happy to live with you and Daddy, in this house, with all my toys, and such good food. Mary cringed when he said Mommy for the second time that day. He had insisted a year ago that he should call her Mom because he wasn't a baby anymore. But Mommy, can we get rid of the dog? I hate dogs. Daniel said, his voice turning into a growl. He glowered at something behind her, and Mary heard Sam yelp and retreat back into the house. Daniel suddenly jumped off the swing and ran back inside. Mary, confused, watched him go and tried to gather her thoughts before she followed. She was shocked when she found Daniel in the living room holding a kitchen knife. Daniel, what are you doing? Mary cried out in horror as she saw the glint of the blade in his hand. Daniel turned to her, his eyes still dark and cold. I'm getting rid of Sam, Mommy. He's too annoying, and I hate him. Mary's heart raced as she tried to think of what to do. She couldn't let her son harm the family pet, but she also didn't want to provoke him further. She slowly approached him, and he relaxed as she gently took the knife from his hand. I'm sorry, Mommy. I didn't mean to upset you, he said, his tone unemotional, before turning and heading to his bedroom. Mary was left standing in the living room, her heart pounding in her chest. She couldn't understand what was happening to her son. She sat down on the couch, trying to process what had just happened. As she sat there, she realized that her dream about the tree might not have been a dream at all. She got up from the couch and walked over to the window, staring out into the dark. She couldn't shake the feeling that something evil was at work in their home. And she had a feeling that it had something to do with that tree in the forest. The next morning, Mary woke to the sound of Daniel humming that same tune from the night before. She got up and went to his room, but he was already gone. She searched the house and finally found him in the backyard staring at the tree line. Daniel, what are you doing out here? She asked, her voice laced with concern. I'm waiting for someone, Mommy. Daniel replied with a blank expression on his face. Mary shivered, but she tried to stay calm. Who are you waiting for, Daniel? She asked, trying to sound reassuring. My friends, he said, still staring at the trees. Mary looked at the trees, but she didn't see anyone. What, friends, Daniel? I don't see anyone. They live under the tree, and they promised they would come visit me. Mary's heart sank as she heard those words. She knew something was wrong with her son, and that it was no longer safe for him to be alone. She took his hand and gently tried to lead him back into the house but Daniel pulled back in resistance. No, I want to see my friends, he screamed. As he did, his face contorted and changed, but only for a moment, just long enough for Mary to see it and let go. For mere seconds, her son hadn't looked like himself. He hadn't even looked human. Mary quickly recoiled, knowing with all her heart that this wasn't her son. This was something else altogether. And if that was the case, what had this thing done with Daniel? She needed to go out to that tree and find her son before something horrible happened, if it wasn't already too late. But she would have to distract this thing that looked like her son first. Mary's mind raced as she tried to think of a way to distract the creature that had taken her son's form. She knew she only had one chance, so she had to make it count. Daniel, how about we play a game inside? Mary suggested, hoping to lure the creature away from the tree line. The imposter's expression softened. Okay, Mommy, what game? How about hide and seek? Mary said, hoping it would buy her enough time to sneak out to the tree. The imposter's face lit up. I want to hide first, he said, running back into the house. Mary took a deep breath and then ran hard toward the forest. She had to move fast if she was going to find her real son before it was too late. As she stepped into the forest, the air felt thick and heavy, and she could sense something lurking in the shadows. She knew she was getting closer to her son but she also knew that she was getting closer to danger. The trees loomed over her, casting long shadows on the forest floor. As she pushed her way through the underbrush, she heard strange noises all around her. She couldn't tell if they were coming from the trees or her imagination. As she reached the base of a big gnarled tree, she took a deep breath and crawled in, her heart pounding in her chest. It looked the same as it had the day before. Taking out her cell phone, she turned on the light and used it to search. There didn't seem to be anything out of the ordinary at first, but as she searched deeper, she noticed strange markings etched into the bark. They looked like they'd been made by something sharp, like a claw or a knife. As she continued to search, she heard a strange whispering sound that seemed to be coming from all around her. She couldn't make out what it was saying, but it sounded like it was some kind of language she had never heard before. Suddenly, she felt a hand on her shoulder, and she spun around to face the creature that had taken on her son's form. "'Mommy, what are you doing here?' it asked, its voice sounding cold and distant. Mary's heart raced as she realized that she had been discovered. "'I was just looking for something, Daniel.' "'I'll be right out,' she said, trying to feign calmness. "'I don't think so,' he said in a voice that no longer sounded like Daniel's. "'Hey, fellas, I need some help,' he called out. Mary could hear a flurry of movement behind her, and she turned and watched in horror as several creatures began to crawl from unseen crevices of the tree." They were unlike anything she had ever seen before. They had long, spindly limbs, sharp claws, and glowing eyes that seemed to stare right through her. Take her to mother, the thing that looked like Daniel ordered. Mary knew that she was in serious trouble. She had to get out of there and fast. She stumbled backwards, trying to find her way out of the tree, but the creatures were closing in on her. One reached out and grabbed her leg, and then another. Soon they all had a hold of her, pulling her towards a tunnel that had seemed to appear from nowhere. Mary fought as hard as she could, but it was no use. They hauled her through the tunnel, kicking and screaming, eventually letting her loose, after entering a chamber that looked, oddly, like a home. She began to back away, and then she saw him. Daniel. Daniel. Her Daniel was lying on a stone table not far from her. Daniel, she whispered, rushing over to him. But as she got closer, one of the creatures stepped in front of her and blocked her way. This is my real mommy, the Daniel lookalike spoke. The creature he now called Mommy looked Mary up and down before speaking. Mary, is it? Well, Mary... I traded your boy for a perfectly good fairy boy. I don't see the problem. Your boy sleeps while mine gets to experience the human life. But I guess if that isn't to your liking, then you can sleep too. I always wanted to be human." The hideous creature stepped toward Mary and blew something dusty from the palm of her hand into Mary's face. Mary coughed and sneezed and began to grow weak. She fell to her knees before falling completely over. Her body slowly became paralyzed, and she watched helplessly as the creature before her began to change. Its features began to smooth, and its skin began to soften and change color. Where wiry little hairs had poked from its head, dark, silky hair like Mary's began to grow long. The creature's skin began to shift and its limbs elongated. Its face twisted and stretched until it was nearly unrecognizable. But Mary knew what was happening. The creature was turning into her. As the transformation was complete, the newly formed human looked down at Mary with a satisfied smile. Thank you, Mary. You've given me everything I've ever wanted. We will take good care of your husband." Mary tried to scream, but her voice was gone. She couldn't move, couldn't do anything but watch as the creature that had taken on her son's form and the creature that had taken hers disappeared into the darkness. As the Mary and Daniel imposters emerged from the tree, they were unaware that they were being watched. Thomas had followed the one that looked like Daniel when it had gone into the forest earlier. When he saw what appeared to be Mary and Daniel emerge from the tree and head toward the house, he snuck over to the tree and crawled inside. The tunnel where they had dragged Mary was still open, and Thomas noticed it immediately. He followed it down until he came to the room where Mary and Daniel lay. They were both unconscious, lying side by side on the floor. He checked their pulses and breathed a sigh of relief when he realized they were still alive. He scooped them up, one in each arm, and turned to leave. Once out of the tree, he laid Mary and Daniel down on the grass in the sunlight, and the warm rays seemed to work like magic as they began to stir. What happened? Mary asked groggily. Thomas explained everything, and then he revealed that he had suspected that their Daniel had been acting strangely because he had been replaced by a changeling. He had left that morning to get some holy water from a church in town, but when he returned, he saw the other Daniel heading into the woods, and he followed, and that's how he found them. Now they would have to go find the changeling imposters and purge their home from the evil interlopers. Mary and Thomas, along with Daniel, quickly gathered their strength and took off towards their home. They knew that it was going to be a dangerous mission, but they couldn't let these imposters continue to take over their lives. As they approached their house, they could see that the impostors had already made themselves at home. They were sitting on the porch sipping lemonade and laughing as if nothing had happened. What's going on, Thomas? The Mary impostor asked innocently. Thomas ignored her as he took out the bottle of holy water and began to sprinkle it all around the porch. The impostors hissed and recoiled from the water, but they didn't leave. Mary yanked her rosary from her neck and held it up in front of the impostors. They shrieked and pulled away, but still didn't leave. Then Thomas had an idea. He went into his workshop and grabbed a piece of iron. He held it up in front of the imposters, and they immediately recoiled and backed away. What do you want? The Mary imposter asked, fear finally creeping into her voice. We want you gone, Mary ordered, summoning up enough conviction to sound brave. Now, and never return here, and stay away from our son. The impostors snarled and bared their teeth but they soon realized they were outnumbered and outmatched. With a final hiss, they slinked away into the forest, disappearing into the shadows. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to eriecast.com to find other terrifying podcasts, such as Destination Terror, hosted by me, Carmen Carrion. Tune in next week as we discuss the mysterious disease that caused multitudes of people to become living statues, some for decades. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmankarion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one.